0: Beginning, the beginning, the
1: beginning. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Sean Ram, alongside Joshua Black. Hi, everyone! Thank you for tuning in again, and, and once again supporting us in all the all the stuff that we're doing, and, and all the things that our guests are doing, and listening to their stories, and even sharing their their own podcasts and looking at their sites afterwards. It means a lot to all of us because you know they're taking their time and they're sharing their lost story with us, and and that's something that you know, has I guess treasured uh, for them. So. You know, before
2: we start, a shout out to our Canadian listeners, our American listeners, and all across the globe. Uh, We really appreciate the love and support you've been showing us. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy each and every podcast. Uh, Today we have Ashley-Ann Pereira. I think I said that correctly. (laughs) So by day, Ashley-Ann works for the Canadian Red Cross and by night is the co-founder of Dreams Incorporated. She is a social service work graduate from Sheridan College who loves working with youth. Giving back and empowering youth is her purpose in life, from volunteering with autistic children at the BMX track every summer, to traveling abroad to Nicaragua with Free the Children to Help Build Playgrounds. She is a volunteer bereavement facilitator with Bereaved Families of Ontario, Halton, Peel Region. Ashley Ann is an award-winning public speaker and upcoming author
1: of Keys to Happiness. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you both for having me. (laughs)
1: So Ashley ann it's good to actually talk to you once again. I uh, we met over at the Mo Mondays Niagara, and you're doing one of your um, one of your many sort of presentations and being that speaker and telling your story. So hopefully we get to hear a little bit about that again because it was inspiring and. And uh, so moving forward, let's let's first talk to you about how the, your journey really first began, because reading your bio, there's a lot in there <laughs> in the sense of all the different things that you're doing. So did you first go to college to be the um, social service worker or did you first volunteer with children and youth?
0: Yeah, it was more so when it ha- It was uh College that kind of started everything for me and I did my field placement in my second year at brief families But I had already been attending some of their events that so they I was already exposed to brief families And then from there is when I kind of really developed my passion for uh, youth.
1: That's nice So why did you first decide to get into the social service work degree?
0: I actually took a year off from high school Because I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. So I didn't have that pressure to, I needed to go to school right away. So I decided to take the time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. But growing up, it was interesting. Everyone kind of was, I was always that go-to person that everyone talked to about their problems in a sense and needed that person to talk to. And so I said, it's either child and youth or it's social service. So I just kind of picked the more general and uh, it kind of just went from there.
2: That's incredible that you're able to kind of see have that insight at an early age. And obviously, you know, friends and family maybe coming to you gave you that kind of feeling that, hey, you know, I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I could turn this into a career.
1: But Then what led you to so you got your your degree? So what led you to want to actually work with children and youth? And you said, uh, you, you volunteered for the or to had a placement at Brief families, Ontario. Was that the thing that really captivated you to? To realize like working with children and youth was your purpose uh,
0: I think it was actually it was before that it's interesting because i can't think of that pivotal moment that I knew I wanted to work with youth yeah i can't remember exactly when it was, um, but I think it was um, when i started I started to BMX and I was racing for a few years, and then I stopped racing, but I was volunteering in the summer with the autistic children, and I think because volunteering every summer and I was just I loved that environment I kind of knew that it was you know maybe possibly the road was going to be special needs or just youth in general so I think that was kind of my pivotal moment maybe.
2: That's exciting I'd like to hear more about that BMXing thing (laughs) that's like a risky daredevil type of stunt uh, training biking if you will.
0: It's it is. It's not as sometimes people always get it confused because they think motocross, but it's not. But it still involves like the dirt hills. It just is the biking aspect. So it's a little bit more difficult, but a lot of fun and a wicked environment to be in.
2: That's incredible. Do you still do it here and there?
0: Um I don't race anymore, but still every summer since two thousand nine. I still go back every summer and just ride with the kids and I coach them essentially.
2: That's pretty amazing. What is it about working with children that you get from that? Like what's the experience like and how is that different from working or or dealing with adults?
0: I feel like it's it might be the it might be the energy, but it's also the it's the energy of of youth and how they just like to them like they see life as like possibilities are endless. And I love that because they haven't been exposed to a world of, you know, Starting that path of like like not thinking that they can do things they haven't been exposed to this world, so I feel like when I'm around youth, like it just it fuels me in that aspect to remind myself that I too, like the possibilities are endless in a sense um that's always something that I like to say, so I feel like it's that, and they just I always feel like I can learn new things and a new way of thinking from the children that I work with and the youth.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. So really, in a nutshell, you're saying their dreams hasn't haven't been crushed yet.
0: (laughs) It's true in a sense.
2: Yeah, it's a hard reality of life sometimes. Right. And you get into that working environment. I know when I started my career, you know, you you have all these hopes and dreams and sometimes they don't take you to where you want to go. And, you know, coming back to children and honestly, coming back to play. We talk about play a lot and, and children have that beautiful uh, aspect about them where they can play and get back into what's what is important in life is it's not always the busy hectic life that we like to do now as adults but taking the time out and playing and being creative uh, is that something that you kind of see with children as well
0: yeah absolutely 100% I just it's amazing that like to them it's like you know I can be this when I'm older and I can do this and I can be that and it's There's never any limitation that they put on themselves. And I love being around that because it kind of like refreshes me in the sense. Yeah, that's
1: true. You know, I'm looking back at my time growing up way back when, and I always had a dream that I was going to play in the NBA one day. (laughs) <laughs> and and you know and that that dream got crushed as I realized that I wasn't as good as most people in the NBA. Um, but it was just interesting. But you have those dreams, right? And I don't think if anyone would have told me that, I probably would have shrugged it off. It's not like like your imagination's so wild and your hopes and dreams are so big. And then like once you're done school, I think that's when sort of it can really uh, you get a, like almost a wake up call on what life is compared to what you thought it was. And you have to work with those new rules that you didn't know before. And so exactly. looking at your own life, did you have any hopes and dreams prior that sort of were changed as you graduated?
0: Uh, I think I know when I was younger, my thing was always like I was going to be a dancer and I was going to be a choreographer. It was, I don't feel like my, it was like a crushed dream. I just found that, you know, along the way, I knew that like helping people was going to be my thing. And I just need to figure out what it was going to be because I still, even in college, even when I graduated, I still wasn't sure on, okay, what was going to be my thing? How was I going to make an impact and what was going to be my dream? So yeah, I feel like I just eventually figured it out or it came to me in a sense later on, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it wasn't like one moment that sort of it was a wake-up call it was just like, oh, it's just like things just like gradually like shifted to something else. and it was Exactly. Wasn't sort of, yeah, that's interesting. I think, you know, and
2: it it leads leads me to believe that, you know, it's important for the work that you're doing with the youth because you can be that kind of voice and guiding light rather than, you know, sometimes we grow up and, you know, people are pretty cynical and they tell us things, you know, to help us. But at the same time, you know, they tell us things that are like, oh, you can't do this or maybe you should do this instead. But I think you can be that kind of guidance for the youth that you work with. Uh, especially like the BMX youth and whatnot, and helping them maybe slowly start to figure out what they want to do career-wise or anything really in the future.
0: Absolutely. And that's kind of like the goal now. That's like the mission. Just anybody that I talk to who I, you know, they kind of open up to me about not, not being sure. It's just, it always comes down to... What I really like to believe is that our generation has made a big switch and we can't really ask youth anymore, okay, what do you want to do for the next 40 years of your life? I feel like now it's the question is, okay, what do you want to do for the next three years? And just always just reminding them that, yeah, of course, we're going to have responsibilities when we grow up 100%, but it doesn't mean that we have to limit ourselves or limit the things that we want to do.
1: Yeah, it's very beautiful. It's very beautiful, and I I know this is a great segue to talk about dreams incorporated. But before we do that, <laughs> I want to ask Sean, what dreams have been shot for you? <laughs>
2: uh, that's a good one. Uh, dreams that have been shot for me. You know, I did I did feel like I could do anything as a child, uh, and it's not that. I was necessarily told I couldn't do something, but I think society at large kind of does push you and the schooling process as well. You know, you go through elementary school and you go through high school and you figure out through the testing and all this that, hey, you know, I guess I'm supposed to do something else. I guess I'm not supposed to be an astronaut. I guess I'm not supposed to be a chef. I guess I'm not supposed to do this, these type of things. And, you know, again, the societal pressures to kind of find a career that makes money you know and it's 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 not one area one person to blame you know it's just kind of we're pumping out bankers we're pumping out lawyers you know we're pumping out engineers so uh, me specifically i don't know i i I can't really put a nail on it i always felt like i could do anything
1: (laughs) and you still can sean you still can (laughs) all right so this is a good time to actually talk about dreams incorporate because we're talking about dreams and we're talking about sort of how, you know, I guess mine, only mine's got shattered throughout the, <laughs> throughout the years. Um, so what made you sort of come up with this sort of platform and what is a platform?
0: So essentially kind of where it all started was, I was, I was doing a little bit of uh, sales and I was doing a presentation one night. I had met someone and one of my like long-term goals was to go to Africa and volunteer. I ended up meeting a girl uh, this one night and she had gone to Africa. So we kind of connected on that bond. And from there, we ended up attending uh, WE Day, which is with, um, like, Free the Children. And we went to Ottawa together and came back. And we just, this was something that we just talked about, was just looking all around us at all the youth and just how, how many were there. Um, and it kind of inspired us to to start Inc. So essentially, what it's evolved to now is... It, we collaborate with schools, with community centers to empower youth, to to incorporate their dreams into their lives. And it's using tools that we've learned outside of school that would be of huge value and make a huge difference to allow them to, you know, incor- like incorporate those dreams and make sure that they're achieving things that they want in life.
1: And so what kind of tips um, have you learned along the way that you sort of provide them?
0: Uh, The biggest one, the biggest one that's made an impact on my life is vision boards or as we like to call it, dream boards, but just really, you know, taking a bunch of things that you want. It could be, you know, 10 years down the road, even like materialistic things. It doesn't really matter whatever it is and putting it on a board, putting pictures that I find has been a big and putting it in a spot in your room that you can see it every day. It adds a huge motivation in the morning. It starts your day off amazing, and you just you can always see something that you're working towards.
1: I like that. It reminds you of sort of like what you're fighting for and what your dreams are, because I think you get so lost in thought throughout the day, you forget what you even want in the future. So, what's on your vision board right now?
0: Uh, what isn't? Um, I have a <laughs> Is lot. It of, your whole wall. <laughs> it's a board. pretty big, uh, pretty big board, but I have things. Um, like my book has been on my vision board for probably two years now. I have a lot of places that I want to travel to. Um, and I'll be going to one of the places in August. So I'll be going to Spain. I have like lots of other, even just like training things to like develop myself. Like I want to get my first aid training. So even that's on my vision board. So little things like that.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, what would you put on your vision board or dream board?
2: That's a great question. And you know what? Honestly, Ashley, I, I think I need to do that because it's such a great tip to, to kind of have that plan on your wall where you see it, you walk by it. And, you know, sometimes I'm in, I'm lost in my thoughts. Right. So I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. Anyways, on my board, definitely the success of this podcast, seeing it grow and mature and develop. I mean, that's an exciting dream of uh, mine and Joshua's as well career wise as well you know in development and honestly being uh, the best leader i can be being the best trainer coach and and what have you in my in my uh professional career uh long term you know it's just uh you know, having great friends and family being able to relax being able to maybe have uh i don't know a beach house no I'm just kidding <laughs>
1: <laughs> why, not? why not why not yeah
2: no, you know, the, the tide is rising these days. You don't really want a house by the shore. Anyways, uh, a mountain house, a cabin in the woods. That'd be great.
1: A cabin in the woods, eh? All right. You can visit me on the beach house. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's yeah, very interesting. I look at it and I think about it for me too, like what I'd have on mine. And yet, yeah, it's like the podcast being successful, getting my PhD, like doing more talks and getting a platform. That's like a huge aspect. But also like, I think learning to love myself is probably my biggest goal as I move forward and I constantly have to, I wear red all the time as a way to remind myself to love myself. And so that's sort of like, I, I wear my own vision board in, in a way, but yeah, I think that's for me, the hardest thing is we get caught. I get caught up into the world a lot and I forget that, you know, I'm lovable because there's so many things around you that tell you otherwise from grades to people to advertisements. Um, you know, you need white teeth, really white teeth for people to love you right like it's just and so you're like you internalize that so it's really just good to remind myself all the time so i'd put that on there and then i think a glass house i want to live i want a house by the water that is made of glass at least the the like the living room part where you can see the water because i got Absolutely. this draw towards water
0: modern house i want to live by the water too and i love that wearing red to remind yourself i love that
1: yeah all right, so what does your platform actually entail? So we talked about sort of your purpose of the platform so what what goes on? I know YouTube's part of it, right?
0: yeah, youtube is a is a big part, so essentially, you know youth everyone's on social media now, so we definitely use um YouTube as a big platform where we we have interviews. So essentially, we have our Embrace Your Story series, which is really all about those those obstacles that youth are facing that maybe they don't talk about but are happening and having people share their stories. So mental health, bullying, confidence, things like that. People who have gone through it share how they've, you know, their experience in a sense. And we also have to kind of, I guess, correlate with that is our three tips for teens. So normally we have that same person giving tips on, you know, how to overcome bullying and mental health and all these different things. Um, So we definitely use YouTube that you know platform when we're not with the youth for them to be able to still stay connected to us but outside of that we do workshops in schools and community centers we do different talks Um, but that's the basis of what we're doing is is workshops with the youth and being physically there with them
1: that's beautiful And do you see when when you're working doing these workshops do you see I guess people being empowered, like children, like realizing that their dreams are possible. Like, do you see any kind of like change?
0: Especially we've done a few vision, uh, the vision board, dream board. And I get, I, I'm always amazed at how they, they soak it up and how excited they get about it and how they start talking. It's, I feel like the way they talk after towards the end of it is completely different. It's more of instead of, you know, I want, it ends up changing to I'm going to or this is what I'm going to do. So it's that shift is a is a really powerful switch.
1: Wow. Yeah. So it's like the confidence and what's possible for them. Right. And yeah, and that's something in our schools. We don't we don't teach confidence. Right. (laughs) We teach, you know, getting good grades and stuff like that. Um, But actually confidence in yourself as you walk through the world is, is such an important aspect of i think finding happiness and staying in the joy absolutely that's pretty that's pretty special
2: uh the work that you're doing and and you know i feel like you're like an oprah winfrey you're you're becoming like that you're becoming like a martha stewart where your hand is in many things but you know the the big message and the power you know you have a lot of power on your side you know and you're giving power which is the other amazing thing because i was i'm i what i'm hearing is you know these kids might come in timid shy Maybe they're in school or you know, high school, elementary, whatever it is. We don't, you know, we don't necessarily know their backgrounds. Sometimes you don't know their environments. And to be with someone like you who provides, gives power back to them, that that's an amazing thing because the work, you never know when that interaction happens, but those interactions are key and can be very monumental in a child's life.
0: I couldn't agree more. And honestly, thank you for that. I like to consider myself now for some reason as a light worker, just Even though it's not like a full-on title, but like I just feel like no matter what, I'm always bringing positivity and empowering people. That's kind of what I want to do all the time.
1: Well, if you're going to be an Oprah Winfrey, you have to have your own show. Have you thought about a TV show? Is that on your vision board?
0: It isn't, but who knows? That might be.
1: You know what? TV is dying. Don't worry.
2: Stay with YouTube. (laughs) Stay with this platform. Maybe you'll add a podcast or something. We can help you out.
0: Perfect.
1: (laughs) That's funny. So. What was it like actually making, you know, doing workshops, one thing, but making your own YouTube video? I've watched a couple of them and you always have these bloopers. What's it like actually making them for the first time?
0: At the very beginning, it was interesting. It was, we were, we were very like nervous in a sense. And we were kind of like, okay, we need to like make our script and make sure like we're kind of sharing the time. And, but I feel like now it's, change where we're very comfortable and we're very, I feel more confident is the word to say in what we're, we're bringing to the table. And I think that at the end of the day, as long as, you know, you kind of practice what you preach, eventually, you know, people will really start to see the message. So yeah, it's so much now I find it's so much fun. I love doing like YouTube videos. It's, it's so much fun. I love it. And it's so interesting to have like someone new who doesn't really go on video and bring them into our environment and making them feel welcome so that always makes me feel good
1: yeah like I've I think been on tv once but yeah it's 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 weird even though like I like I do podcasts it's just a different sort of uh medium to be a part of and it's It is exciting and it's nerve-wracking and like they can, my face turns red sometimes so you can see that and your mannerisms, uh, you know, so it's very interesting. But you guys have that down pat and you have your editing um, down pretty good too.
0: I owe that all to my my business partner. She does all the editing. (laughs) And what's your name? cassandra yeah,
1: that's beautiful yeah so that's amazing you guys met and started this uh, off and it's taking off you're helping others you're seeing the effect of that that that's amazing so before we sort of switch to loss is there any other tips that you've you found so vision board was the one is there any other ones you'd like to talk about
0: i guess it's maybe not a physical like tip but it you know what your your environment i think that's a huge huge aspect so you know who you're spending your time with if you're Spending your time with people who aren't lifting you up, that's huge. If, you know, what you're reading, what you're watching, I don't watch TV anymore. So, you know, people are like, oh, did you see this? Did you watch this? Absolutely not. Like, I don't watch TV anymore. So, you know, it's, that is a big thing is how you're creating your environment. And and I think the key is cre- you're creating it and not, you know, it's not being created for you. So you kind of make all the choices. So who you're surrounding yourself with is going to make a huge impact on where you're going to be three years from now, five years from now.
2: That's really cool for you to say that. I mean, I could, you know, the knowledge you have, the wisdom you have at such a young age, uh, you know, your parents must have done an amazing job. And not just your parents, the people around you, your friends and family. And, you know, that's that's incredible.
1: Yeah, you know, when talking about sort of, you know, understanding the people around you. Do you find it difficult for people to change that because they're so accustomed to the people around, even if it is their family, that's maybe negative?
0: Absolutely. It's so difficult. You know, I've even struggled with that, with, you know, really recognizing people who, in a sense, were not serving my environment. And and it's hard to let go. But I just, I kind of trust a lot. And my thing is, is, I really much trust in the universe. And I just everything that ends up happening, I just trust it. And um, yeah, I find it definitely is difficult to let go of people and to, you know, cause we're so comfortable and that's the thing. But taking a tiny little step outside our comfort zone and just expanding it a little bit, it it brings such amazing possibilities for anyone.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I know there's a, a man named Ram Das said like on his spiritual journey, um, he sort of distanced himself away from that negativity, but he said, "If you want to know who you truly are, spend a, you know a weekend with your family." And really, what he's saying is that you know, if you want to know who, you, how far you've come, spend time with those negative people to really sort of showcase, I think, how far you've come. I think that's the big thing, you know, in my life is that when I've changed, I didn't realize how much I've changed until I went back to the old friends or the old people. Absolutely, Do you, you agree with that.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely say I agree with that.
1: Yeah, for some reason, right? Like we, we can see other people's changes much more than we can see our own. And so we can really, I guess, get self-deflated because we think we haven't gone that far. But really, we've moved mountains. All right. So moving on to all this is beautiful. When, we, when I heard your talk on Mondays, you talked about loss. So would you want to share some of your loss story with us?
0: Absolutely. So essentially, for me, it actually started in 2006. And um, I was, I think, grade seven or eight. And I had lost my cousin to a very sudden accident. And he was actually building a a BMX track in uh, in Halton Hills area. And um, there was a one of the machines had, you know, tipped over and fell on top of him. And that's kind of where my Story I guess started in in my life, um, but even since you know I've lost uh, an uncle to suicide, I've lost one of my grandparents to cancer. I've lost the most recent, my grandmother, to um, a stroke. So I've experienced a lot of different losses.
1: Wow, that's a a lot of loss. I think I only remember the one loss that you sort of shared. So. That's, you know, very uh, heartbreaking that you've had so much loss throughout your life. What, I guess, you know, looking at your loss and the journey of it, you know, what kind of things have you learned along the way?
0: From when I had lost my cousin, it was interesting because I remember being surrounded by a good friend of mine and, you know, she has her grandparents who were passing away. And my mentality was, oh, that's, you know, I feel so bad and you empathize and but I always told myself, interesting enough, it's never going to happen to me. And then the day that it did, it was I f- like it was a complete 180, like just the like floor is taken from underneath you. And I feel I don't It's interesting because I feel like the biggest two things that I would say that I've learned is along my journey and along helping other people being a, um, a peer support facilitator in bereavement, it's helped me become a lot more comfortable with death and loss. And then when it come, came to my grandmother, when she had passed in, uh, in 2015, from there, that was a big wake-up for me. And I think from there, I realized how short- life is and again like i said it was the biggest wake-up call
1: wow yeah so yeah that's what i remember that's what your talk was on was how short Mm -hmm. life can be and so what do you do with that okay now that okay life is short how did you take that and move that forward to inspire yourself to reach your dreams
0: uh well after my grandmother passed away it was it was probably one of the most difficult because I was so close to her and because she was like that second mom. And I just, I confided in her a lot. Um, And because it happened in a, in a span of like three days, you know, she on mother's day in 2015, she had a stroke. A few days later, like we lost her. And because it happened in such a short amount of time, and I feel like I wasn't even able to process it. um, I think for me, after that day, I kind of vowed to myself. I said, you know, I need to figure out. And it's funny because for a few years I was talking about, you know, wanting to go and volunteer abroad. I I lost my grandmother in May of 2015. And in June, early July, I made the decision I was going to Nicaragua in August. So I like changed from like two years to making it happen like in a matter of, of like two months. Wow,
1: that's, that's wild. and. I'm guessing you're remembering her along the way.
0: Funny enough, because it's interesting because after I lost my grandmother, after, you know, after the funeral and all that stuff happens, it was like right back to like life in a sense. That's how I kind of like to process it. And it was right back to doing everything with Dreams Incorporated because we were first like really starting it. And it was just back into like getting the ball rolling with that. But it, she passed. She ended up passing away on the 14th of May and Every month after that, around the 14th, something was happening and something, it was something big and something like a fir- it was our first event that we had in July and it was on around the 14th. So she has somehow made, you know, after losing her, she's been around and she's made it like almost so much easier for me to be able to, to cope with it.
2: Wow. I like that. I like that you've kind of... You know, your grandmother's kind of joined your journey in a way and, and that love and that bond that you've had, you know, you're using it to kind of fuel your your goals in the future and using it to kind of, you know, that's something that I would think that she would want. She would want you to kind of do these things and be the best version of yourself. Uh, so that that's, you know, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I got a question. Uh mm-hmm for your grandmother, was there anything in her life that she never got a chance to do that you're now learning from?
0: I don't, not that I know of, to be honest, not that I know of that there was anything that she, yeah, not that I know of.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because only when you ask a question, do you really figure that out and figure what their dreams were maybe as children, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's too bad you haven't got a chance to ask her that question now, but I'm glad I said i'm glad you've incorporated her into your life, and she's been sort of a rock in what your sort of platform is based on
0: Mhm absolutely. everything that you know since then I always kind of my question whenever I think of you know wanting to do something, I always kind of think back to when i I, I always think my question is, okay, how can I make this happen faster That's kind of my thing, and it's ever since i you know, it all happened in a few short amount of days. I just, okay, I have to do this now. Because to me now, my thing is, my motto, I guess, is tomorrow is not guaranteed. So how can I do this faster? That's
1: interesting. Actually, talking about your, the dream board, what age would you want to live to?
0: That's an interesting question because I have a feeling, like I have some weird gut feeling that I'm not going to be old when I pass, I feel like it's going to be like fifties.
1: Okay. So fifties, not old to you. No. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> now, Hey, you know what,
2: that's great. And I like that philosophy. What What I like about it is, you know, you, you there, there doesn't seem to be any fear there. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, believer that, you know, you have to get rid of the fear in your life, you know, otherwise, you know, you are uh, paralyzed
0: if you will. Yeah, and I think too, no matter what, though, like, I feel like fear is always going to be there. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because even still, like, there's so many things that I, I fear, even when I, you know, I'm about to do a talk, I am like shaking in my pants. And, you know, there's always going to be fear. But it's, it's either you let the fear, like, take control, or you take control. That's kind of how I see it, that it's, it's a good thing to have fears. But it's as long as you push through it then y- you feel even better about yourself. Yeah,
1: I believe that. That's nice. That's really nice. All right, so moving forward now, have you ever had a dream of anyone that you've lost?
0: Uh, yep. I I've had a few. Um when my cu- after my cousin passed away, I had some dreams where I Like he was just kind of in them, but it was nothing, anything intimate. After when my grandfather passed away, I had a dream with him. But I feel like the most, I can't remember exactly when it happened, but it was a dream with my grandmother. And it was so interesting because it, it happened in a span of like, I think, 30 minutes where I kind of like dozed off and I fell asleep. And I was up at half an hour and I had, you know, te- texted someone saying, I think I texted my boyfriend saying, oh, my God, I just had the best dream ever. And it was with my grandmother. And it was essentially I was almost like in a counseling session with someone and I can't even remember what we were talking about. But we she came over and she hugged me and um she hugged me so tight that it just ended up being my grandmother. And then we just kind of were talking and we talked about, you know, what she wanted to eat. And that's how simple it was, but it was how real it felt. And I just woke up.
1: It sounds like a beautiful dream. And what was the feeling when you woke up?
0: My feeling was that it felt, it felt so real and I felt so, I don't know if comfortable is the word, but I was just, I felt so happy that I was like, that I was able to see her but i feel like it was it was i felt almost in control of the dream that's how i kind of and i had to like look it up and um i feel like what i found was it was a little bit of a form of like lucid dreaming um but i just it felt so real
1: so yeah so lucid dream for those listeners is a dream where you know you're dreaming and then when you know you're dreaming you can control it so did you realize it was a dream in the while you're hugging your grandmother or was it just the the experience itself is more just more vivid
0: no I definitely knew I was dreaming I definitely knew I was dreaming and but yeah I just I felt in total control of of it
1: wow that's beautiful so amazing mm-hmm. so interesting and so moving forward now is there if there's a dream you you could have of anyone that you've lost could be all of them it could just be one how would you what kind of dream would you want
0: I think I would definitely, I would absolutely love kind of everyone. I definitely would want to have that intimate time with my grandmother and just, I don't know, just, I don't know if it would be a conversation. Maybe it's just to hear a little bit from her of like, you know, just hearing again, once again, she always used to tell me, you know, you're a woman of your word. And I feel like I just, you know, it would be amazing just to hear that from her. But even just to feel her presence, to feel that, I think that would kind of, Rejuvenate me and remind me just, you know, of everything, all the years and the memories in a sense.
1: Hmm, Yeah. And so I'm getting an idea of it. So it's like everyone like, you're deceased people in the room, but she steps forward and you guys are chatting. Uh, And so where would you be? Like, what would be the location?
0: Hmm. I think I'm what I'm visualizing now, just going based off of that. And I would be in my favorite spot. Which is in like downtown Tobacco, which is near the water. Yeah, I would be there.
1: Beautiful. And how old would your grandmother be? Would it be like when she passed, or would it be when she was a little younger?
0: Ah, uh, the same when she when she passed.
1: When she passed, eh? And last question <laughs> is, what would she be wearing? Did she have something special that she always wore? Some people wear jewelry. Other people wear like a certain pattern of clothing. What would she be yeah, wearing?
0: She, yeah, she would have her gold earrings. Her. Well, technically, I have her watch so that she may not be wearing, but she would have her golden necklaces that she always wore. Um, she had this cardigan that I always remember her wearing, so I feel like she would be wearing that with like a white shirt and kind of like her like a brown pair of uh, trousers that she wore.
1: That's pretty cool. It'd be funny if in the dream she asked for her watch back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, and I would tell her no. <laughs>
1: That's cool. Thank you for sharing your experience of your grief journey. And also, you know, just talking, chatting about sort of a dream uh, that you may want to have, because at the end of the day, it helps me understand more of who she was to you and some of the special moments you had together.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for letting me share.
1: That's awesome, Ashley Ann. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, we're going to wrap up here. Where, where can people reach you if they wanted to contact you?
0: Uh, so, my Dreams Inc website is www.dreamsincorporated.today. And then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram.
1: What's your Instagram account?
0: Uh, it's A Pereira with an extra A underscore or the Dreams Inc 15 Instagram.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. And again, you know, like I really feel it through the presence of speaking with you that, you know, you're onto some big things. You already are on, on big things. And you know, with the vision boards, with the helping out the youth, with the work that you're doing in many different areas, um, you know, and all the power to you, and a lot, I hope you have much success in the future, and again, congratulations on what you've achieved so far.
0: Thank you, and I, I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing, and the podcast, because I believe in it, and I, I think it's a huge thing to be talking about, and allowing people to to talk about their their grief and i think it's huge and i appreciate what you guys do as well
2: oh thank you so much um so yeah on that note uh everyone out listening out there please check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic if you have facebook you can join the grief dreams facebook group check us out on instagram and twitter at grief dreams uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and many other podcasting platforms. If you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, please email us your story and what you would like to share at Griefdreamspodcast at gmail.com. Um so yeah, we love to end with love and gratitude because again, we do this out of uh, love, love for sharing with everybody, love for hearing everybody's message and journey. And again, gratitude because, you know, without listeners without uh you know josh joshua black we wouldn't be able to do this so a lot of gratitude for that so from us to you
0: the new beginning beginning